Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Let's go, baby. Yes, this is our weekly Q&A live stream we do every Tuesday on our YouTube channel. In our Facebook group, we post a post for you to ask your questions, and then we answer them live on the air. So if you're listening to the podcast right now, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go join our Facebook group and become a part of the conversation. And yeah. we'll see you all there. Yeah. Hot breath. Hot breath. But as we get into the Q&As here, you like that? A little halitosis? <laughs> I, uh, I got to meet some hot breathers this past week. I, went, I was on the road for like four days, Wednesday to Sunday. Five days? Four days? I was on the road for a minute and got to see some hot breathers. So shout out to nice. all the hot breathers that I got to see in North Carolina and Virginia. Is it brothers or brethrens and sisterins? I I go back and forth. I don't know. It depends on how many words I want to say. So <laughs> I if I feel like saying more words, I'll say hot brethren and sisterin. And then if I'm just feeling <laughs> word economy, I just go hot brethers and they get it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> <laughs> just hot bees. We just I saw some hot bees out. Some hot bees. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a there's a comedian in the Philippines that had messaged me with some asking for some advice for this contest he was doing, and then he messaged mm -hmm. me back and said it went really well and all that. So awesome. I love it, Emil Buenaventura. So nice. I love getting those messages from around the world, man. So do reach out to us on social media. Let us know absolutely about your comedy journey. Feel free to ask any That's questions. Crazy. That's what we do five here every days, Tuesday. You did five days in like a couple of cities or just one? Yeah, I was in Mooresville, North Carolina, and then I was nice. in Lynchburg, Virginia, and then I was in Richmond nice. for two days. Nice. Awesome, dude. So got to um got to see my old college roommate on a Saturday yeah. night. He came out to the show, got to go meet his family, and then went uh, he came to the show. In Richmond awesome. Saturday night, the late Saturday show, which was of course the drunk show, it was like mm -hmm. babysitting. I mean, it, it went it. All the shows went great, and I I'm great. I actually filmed all of them. I'm getting in the content game. We're we're yeah. playing it, Yoshi. Yep, it's we're doing it. All right, we're doing I filmed it. Filmed every single set. I had a lav mic on. Nice, we're going for it. Spent hey. over an hour editing one crowd work clip. This is very one. sustainable. Yeah. One. <laughs> Absolutely. One clip. <laughs> now we got to yep. get to the rest of 45 minutes, the other 45 minutes. So it's yep. another 45 hours. And we'll get to that by Tuesday. By next Tuesday, we will have 45 hours. of. <laughs> but it's sick. Yo. It's about cereals. So you know how I am with cereal. So... <laughs> People go check that out on my uh, Instagram and my uh, Facebook page. But yeah, they were all great. They were all great. Uh, awesome. It was good to get back on the road and 
be headlining and really feel that extra time and really have fun with it. So it was, it was all positive, man. It was, it just feels good to get back out there. Nice. That's awesome. That's very awesome. Yeah. So, and shout out to uh, David Goolsby who opened up for me for like three of those four nights. He had, um, on that Saturday late show, he had one of my favorite lines where he did uh he did his merch pitch for his stickers and he goes, All right, I'm gonna do one more joke and then never do comedy again. Uh, <laughs> that's such a great that's such a great line. <laughs> so that's that's like a really good like inside baseball comedian joke. Did the crowd enjoy that? Yeah, they kinda giggled at it. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. That's really yeah. Funny. They were yeah. They were just kind of drunk, so it was like one of those that like you just get what you can from them. You don't you don't because you know we always want laughs to be a ten, but of some course. audiences are literally like a six and oh, they have a yeah, great time. Sure. So yeah, yeah. as a collective, they're like you know something. It's like they have like what's that word like uh, intuition with each other. It's like hey mm-hmm. guys, uh, we're not gonna be a ten audience together. We're gonna be a six. And that's how we're going to stay. Okay. Yep. They don't say it, but you could just feel it. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, it's, I think it's something young comics will do is in those shows, they'll get mad at the audience or they'll take mm-hmm. it out on the audience and be like, what's wrong with y'all? Like, why aren't y'all laughing more or whatever? Instead of having that awareness on stage of like, oh, okay, so this is what this audience is. And let's yeah. just still give them a great show, still perform as if yes. it is a 10 and whatnot, because a lot of times those shows, first off, people don't come to a comedy show to not be at a comedy show. So don't get mad at them for being there first off and yeah. not being what you want them to be. But second <laughs> off, a lot of times those shows, that's when people come up to you afterwards and be like, Oh my gosh, you were hilarious. Thank you so much. I needed to laugh. Like just cause they're not laughing at a 10 every time. Doesn't mean that they're not having a good time. Doesn't mean that you're bombing. Doesn't mean you get angry at them, but Part of the job of a comedian is you perform in every in any situation and you're professional. That's when you're a professional comedian, when you can perform regardless of the circumstance and give the same show to 10 people that you would to 10,000 people. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a Ba-boom. that's a good tip just not to berate the audience mm-hmm. uh, or attack the audience or just like put an audience in an awkward spot to where they now feel pressured to try to do something different than what they were doing before. When you talk to an audience like that, or you say, you know something, you guys just aren't that great. You are literally set a stage for yourself where they don't know whether to laugh at you more or whether they should be cautious about everything you're going to say. Because you've sort of broken the wall of just like, hey, we're out here to have a good time. It's okay that they don't laugh at your joke. Like, to your point, like, maybe they're just a six as an audience together. And that's as high as they're going to go. Every Mm -hmm. comedian will tell you. I've seen comedians who have killed an eight o'clock show where it was like raucous. Ten o'clock show comes around. And it's at a five. And there's nothing or anything that they said that was any different than the eight o'clock show. It's just, <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's just mm -hmm. to your point, an audience is just going to be an audience. But yeah, don't don't berate your audience. They're they're still there to have a good time. Yeah, and I, and I do want to confirm David did not like berate the audience or anything. He had that funny line at the oh, end of his yeah, set, but throughout his set, yeah, yeah. he just he kept going. He kept chopping I love wood, that. and I I give him mad respect that. for that. Oh yeah, I love that. I mean, I just think like that's just. But I think it's also okay to like. It's okay to like say something about their energy as long as like you turn it into a positive. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, or turn yeah, it yeah, into yeah. something where it's more about you than it is about them. Like, I've I've heard an audience be, I've heard comedians be like, you know something, you guys as an audience are really great, but I wouldn't invite you to my wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think is funny, right? You still make it a little bit personal. And yeah, you just kind of dug at them before, but that's still something they can laugh at versus being like, man, you guys are terrible kind of thing. So you just got to, there's a fine line in like berating or like roasting an audience, I think, mm -hmm. to your point that you never want to roast them because their energy will shift as soon as you start going in a little too much. Yeah, especially when you're inexperienced, like it's like we saw, we saw Joe Lowers, who we've had on the podcast, CEO of world series of comedy we saw him here in atlanta like that last show was the audience wasn't great and he let them know it but this is a guy who's been doing comedy over 20 years who understands how to read an audience how to interact with an audience in a playful way that is i mean he did berate them and he did like roast them but they loved it and it's they loved it that's yeah. a professional yeah. like it takes years to be able to like have that oh my sort God, of yes. rapport with you, an audience. You would have had to seen that that kind of audience before. Because yeah. my favorite line that Joe did mention, he was like, uh, I'd like you guys to all get each other's numbers. And uh, the next time you want to go out, make sure you call those people and make sure you don't go out together. Because as yeah, a collective, yeah. you're not great. Individually, <laughs> you're probably awesome. But as a collective, I just wouldn't hang out again together. I was like, that's just funny, right? But it's just to your point, like, you got to have experience to be able to like get that kind of ribbing in an audience. And then they're still, they're laughing at him and laughing at themselves all at the same time, which I think is like that fine point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So nice Good. little opening tip there for all the, the comics out there. If a show isn't going how you thought it would go, you, you just got to keep going, fam. You got to keep can't all chopping be winners. wood. Yep. They can't all be winners, but you still got to go. Dude, I was literally just heard Mark Norman talking about one of his late shows like last weekend. I think it was the Saturday Late Show, and he's talking about how drunk it was and how out of control it was. And he was in a theater. Like, this is a guy with a big fan base, and even he, at his level, still has to struggle with these things. So just know, even as a young comic or wherever you are in the game, like, these shows happen, these experiences happen, and how you handle them as a professional is really kind of the difference between an amateur and a comedian people want to pay to see. Facts. Big oh. facts. But yeah, it was all it was all gravy. It was all all good, fam. What you dropping boars. 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 Joel Boars. Joel Bars. Joel Bars. <laughs> They call me Joe Joe Bowers. <laughs> Joe Bars. All right. So we can get into the questions here. Let's go. What do you think? Put the timer up. 
<laughs> um, um, when we did the rapid fire, we okay, had to put yeah, the yeah. timer up. Let's see. Right. Let's see how we can go. Because people are liking these. I've been getting yeah, messages sure. about how people are liking these. And um, last week, like each each week on the podcast, I'll look at like the first 24 hours mm-hmm. of like how many listens we're getting. And each each week has been getting more and more in like 24 hours. So nice. Nice. Thank you, guys. We appreciate y'all. Yeah. So uh, the first question I'm seeing here um, is Jack Allen, our hot brethren from across the pond. He asks, what is your best tip for handling a heckler? Okay. So I think... You know, hecklers are one of those things because hecklers come in all different shapes and sizes, right? They're kind of just yeah. like, not all hecklers are built the same way. I think it's important to at least acknowledge a heckler in terms of at least call out what is happening. But when you do call out a heckler, I think it's also important to make sure that you're not demeaning a heckler. Like if the heckler says something like a word or something like that, it's always good to like just repeat what that heckler said and then sort of try to turn whatever they said back into a joke. If the heckler is being, uh, what's the word? If they're just saying things, they're kind of being disruptive, but they're not being demonstrative towards the you or towards like the show. Because every once in a while, I think I understand that like some people might just feel moved just to say something during a show like it just might be like like out here during a show like good god that's hilarious or like just during a silence or even like someone reacts to something or they're like they might be thinking of like a tag oh yeah that's what she said right even those kinds of things are completely okay Mm -hmm. i would i would say even in those situations i'd never berate a heckler only time you really want to berate a heckler is that if they are completely disturbing the show. And in those situations, I would just be like, hey, uh, security, can you guys just handle this person? <laughs> Don't try to do the back and forth with hecklers. I feel like crowd work clips are making it seem as if though people, everyone can handle a heckler. <laughs> and that's not the case. Those hecklers that show up on crowd clips are from videos that have been edited. <laughs> hmm. Most hmm. of those heckle situations do not go that well. They simply <laughs> don't. Most of crowd work situations don't go that well. This is from like people doing so much crowd work. They're like, all right, we found that one out of the 50 crowd work clips that I did. We found the one that I'm going to put up makes it seem as if though this is what happens every time at my show. So uh in conclusion i would say do whatever you can not to berate a heckler turn whatever they say into a positive and if it gets demonstrative just ask the uh venue if there's security hopefully to just take care of it that's how i approach hecklers is no matter what i always try to spin it into a positive 
Yeah, it's important to be able to identify the type of heckle it is. Like, if, yeah. is it someone trying to disturb the show or is it someone that's just excited and just yelling something or someone who's just drunk and doesn't maybe even realize what they're doing? But I think an important yeah. thing to understand with a heckler is that the audience is on your side. So Always. They're, yeah. they're rooting for you. They're, the heckler is annoying them as much as is annoying you. So you don't, <laughs> you don't have to address, you don't have to fight fire with fire. And if like they're yelling at you, you don't have to like yell back at them. But like the more almost, the more almost like reason you can address a heckler with, the dumber they're going to look. And the more the audience will be on your side to really be like, mm -hmm. yeah, just, yeah, stop or whatnot. But it all starts <laughs> with like recognizing what type of heckler it is to then be able to address it in the best way possible. But For I will sure. say that it requires, I, I hate it. Come, I don't hate it comes back to that. That's the reality, but it requires a lot of stage time and it requires you getting heckled a lot. And it requires you not handling a heckler the right way to then learn how to handle the heckler the right way. Like it really yes. does. But being able to identify the heckler and then understanding that the audience is on your side and even getting the audience involved with the situation of like, if they're yelling at you, you can be like, why are you yelling? None of us, does anyone else want this person to keep yelling or whatnot? Like get the audience involved in handling this heckler. That takes the pressure off you as well of trying to figure out something clever or whatnot. But no one in the audience is excited that there's a heckler. So the more no. <laughs> you can get the audience involved in quote handling this heckler, I think the easier it'll be for you and the quicker it'll get extinguished as well. Yeah. I've seen a comedian do this trick, which I thought was pretty solid, uh, which was they acknowledged they're like a heckler said something and then they just repeated what they said, said, man, that's hilarious. And then they literally moved on to the next joke. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was it. Like they just acknowledged it. Oh, that's funny. Moved on to the next joke. And then like the heckler just stopped. And I think sometimes hecklers are believing that they want attention. And if you don't give them that attention, they might just stop. Not all hecklers, to your point, not all hecklers are the same. But I think sometimes hecklers, sometimes people believe that they are enhancing your show because they don't know the sort of uh, comedy mores. I think that's a liberal arts word. Like they don't know the comedy rules. You know what I'm saying? Like, or like, they don't know how, what to, how to act at a comedy show. So they're like trying to figure out, well, based on the clips that I've seen, you just talk during the comedian set and then they'll interact with you. It's like, that's not how comedy works, but they don't know. They just think that's what they see on shows. Morays. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> it's how like spell decorum. Oh, decor. Oh, you. <laughs> Marais, like decorum. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to, uh, but yeah, I know what decorum means. M-O-R-E-S. M-O-R-E-S? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> you but, should you know, read the definition. That is a really good point. Uh, oh yeah, Marais, let's see. Marais. The accepted traditional customs and usages of a particular social group. Yes. That's good. 
That's really good. That's a really good point. Bravo. But yeah, that is a that's a good point of like repeating what the heckler says as well because a lot of the time same thing with crowd work you want to like repeat what the person you're doing crowd work with says because most of the audience probably can't hear them so yeah. repeating them gets everyone on uh the same page as well to keep going instead of like i see a lot of people doing crowd work where they're just having a conversation with the person and half the audience has no idea even like what's yeah. going on and the same can be true with handling a heckler as well so that's a really good point yeah nice very nice good question, yeah great question because i know that's um that's a that's a hot topic <laughs> that is a hot topic but just approach a heckler conversationally don't try to fight fire with fire yeah and uh, just know the audience is on your side and ignoring them is very powerful like you yeah. usually what i'll do with a heckler is I'll let them yell a few times and if they, I mean, like if they still, I'll, I just ignore them because it can derail the show and they think they're a part of it. And a lot of times if you do ignore them, they will actually stop. And if they don't stop, I'll literally like shush them just very like politely. I'll just be like, shh, like at them. I'll just shush them and then go right back to the show. Like I don't even address that. I just shush this person. Like I just keep going yeah. and that a lot of times get on. Be like, oh, maybe I should shush. And if they keep going, then I'll like address them. But I do, I give them a few strikes before I just, you know, go and like, all right, now the show is over here. Like, you'll be surprised. You just keep going and they'll usually stop too. For sure. I will say I've seen shushing done. Um, I think shushing is one of those things that has a bit of power if you are an intimidating person. You're tall. So people very few times will try to shush back because mm -hmm. it's there's a very like significant like power play at shushing. I've seen women try to shush guys and guys got like super upset, like did not like being shushed. You know what I'm saying? Even though yeah. they deserved it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's Man. a privileged element of like, but I think it's important to still use it. Like it's good to still try it. You're like, hey, would you mind? And then get back to your show. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? But yeah, I think it's a powerful tool of uh, maybe just like not acknowledging. But I think it's it's just only if it feels like everyone feels it. If everyone feels that this person is literally disturbing the show, I think you got to address it in some way. Nice. And cool. that comes with experience. For sure. Yes. So I think we have addressed addressing a we have addressed addressing hecklers. I think we've got that one. <laughs> um, next question in our Facebook group, Aaron Arledge, should you go to open mics that make you pay or buy stuff? I always try to buy something when I do open mics, but making it mandatory doesn't sit well with me. Um, you know, I, I, I would say it just depends on how deep your pockets are and how much stage time you really need. Mm. Uh, I don't have like a blanket rule. Like if you're okay, cause really all they're really doing is just trying to find a way to support the venue. That's really what that is. 
is that the venue is just trying to make sure that whoever comes in, that they're getting something out of it. So it's mostly just to keep the lights on with most places that do that. I don't think necessarily that there's, I don't think that the, uh, a comedian or most comedians are getting a kickback from you buying food or you buying drinks at most venues. Very few venues I know give comedians, oh, we're going to give you part of the sales of the beer that you sell, that are sold during the time that you did the open mic. I yeah. really don't need to do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a matter of whether you want to support that venue or not. And if you don't, and if that doesn't sit well with you, I'm always about energy. If that doesn't sit well with you, skip that open mic, try to go to something else. Like if that just doesn't feel right, but just, I, I would just play devil's advocate to let you know that that's not something that necessarily was asked for. That's probably just a condition for someone to actually do the open mic there. It's not like uh, something that was like, oh yeah, I'm also going to charge any comedian that comes in, you know, just to make sure I get my, they're not getting, most comics aren't getting any money from any venue selling beer or selling food. Yeah, that's, um, Try to think of uh trying to think of the shows. I mean, I've I've only paid to be on like a handful of shows. I think in New York I paid to be on a show and I literally went up last. And I literally every comic went up. This was in the basement of a bar. Every comic went up and then immediately left. So by the end of the show, it was literally me and the host. <laughs> I sat through this entire open mic I paid to be a part of probably 20 comics on it. And I went up last me and literally me and the host left in the basement of this bar. And that was it. Was it a good set though? (laughs) The host then took me to another show. So that was cool. Yeah, so for sure. I, I got like extra stage like, time. Damn. Out of it. Uh, you had to pay $16 for this <laughs> drink. Uh, I might as well show you something else. Yeah, I yeah. think yeah, I think I paid 10 um, for that stage time. So I've only done a handful of times. But yeah, if it doesn't sit well, well with you, then yeah, just don't do it. And if you don't mind yeah. and can do it, then yeah, do it. Kind of personal preference there. But yeah, no one's, yeah, no comic is getting rich off that scheme. I can't imagine, (laughs) at least the vast majority, I can't imagine that someone's hosting a show to get money from comics. You know, that's probably the venue. Yes. A good question there. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Jeff Ardle, is there any value in Hot Breath sponsoring open mics? And the pros in the group doing shows at the satellite shows. At the satellite. Is he talking about the World Series? Or is he talking about something else? Um, I don't know. Is there a value of Hot Press sponsoring open mics and the pros in the group doing shows at the satellite shows? Um... I mean, I don't, I get, there is value in hot breath sponsoring open mics. I would say at some point, I don't we're def- yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, we're definitely going to be, we're definitely going to do more live events and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's definitely part of the plan. Yep. Um, and things like that. So yeah, we'll definitely be doing more of that. We're just, we're 
eating this elephant one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a but good yeah. way of putting it. Yeah. So there's definitely value in it for sure. Um, yeah. I think we're just trying to find a way. We're looking for ways to sort of scale it and get into sort of something that's like a regular rotation. So if we do like go out, if you and I go out to like a city, we could probably do a show, right? And then get hot brethrens to and sisterins to come out and do the show with us. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've. I, I feel like we talked about that like day two when we got together on Hot Breath. We were just like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's, mm-hmm. that's definitely sort of a vision of it of, yes, we want to try to find more ways to get comedians more stage time and to also help comedians out. So sort of having an open mic with Hot Breath folks is, yeah, that's a plus. That sounds amazing. Yeah, so anyone listening to this and you know of a show in your area that you think Yoshi and I would be good for, hit us up. I mean, we're, you know. Holla at the kids. Holla yeah, we, we game to do shows for the Hot Breathiverse. We love, we love meeting y'all and doing shows together, and we want to do more of that. So definitely reach out to us. Perfect. Slide in the DMs. Slide. Slide. <laughs> Slide to the left. <laughs> Oh wait, where'd it go? There it is. There's a sound effect. You said slide in the DMs. Made me. There we go. Um, Clyde Williams. Is there any particular strategy adding callbacks to your set? Strategy. I don't know if a strategy. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to add callbacks. I think callbacks work. I would say, and I remember when we were doing um, the Type 5 Accelerator uh, for a couple of them, um, Mm -hmm. one of the, maybe the Jason Rowland from the World Series, the Vice President of the World Series, was mentioning how he's not crazy about callbacks for a five-minute set. Like mm. it's not necessarily for a five minute set because it's five minutes of just you proving that you can do jokes. Whereas a callback, maybe, you know, it's probably good if you're doing like 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes because you get to establish yourself. But if you're trying to squeeze a callback in within five minutes, I remember him mentioning that that's not a great idea because it's not needed because it feels like you're just trying to force the callback versus just showcasing your best material so if now if the callback is literally your best stuff then sure do it but if it's not your best stuff then don't do that in a showcase set of five minutes so i don't know if that answers a question or not uh from a strategy perspective i i i do like the philosophy if you're doing like 15 minutes for sure add a callback i think an audience would appreciate it because callbacks make an audience feel super smart. Like they were in on the joke itself. Yeah, and for so sure. When it works, it works really, really well. When it doesn't or falls flat, it does fall flat. So I would just say play with it and see what happens. But I don't think callbacks are needed for short sets, but definitely for longer sets. I think they're a good strategy. Yeah. And it, I think the, yeah, the only strategy would be to just make it or- organic. You know, I mean, yeah. I personally don't mind a callback in a five minute set. Like, 
if, if it's organic and if it fits and it doesn't feel forced. So yeah, just make sure yeah. whatever callback you do have that it's, it's organic and it makes sense. And it's like a part of the set and not like something you just tried to like squeeze in there. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Yep. And if people, I mean, a callback is basically a reference to something you said earlier in the set. Uh, yeah. If people are listening and maybe don't know what a callback is. So if you mention like your dog, your dog's name, and then later in your set, you mention the dog's name again. It's like you could be talking about walking your dog and then maybe at the grocery store and someone barks at you or another dog barks at you and you're like, oh, you're not Fido. That was a terrible yeah. example. That um, was a terrible example. That was yeah. a horrendous example. Yeah, that's why you should work on callbacks. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I was trying to even think of a callback I have. I can't even think of one that I do. Oh, really? I'm trying to think of one for you. I have a callback about a joke that I make around bathroom humor stuff. Uh, but I do it mostly in like, I'll do a callback in a 45, 35, 25 minute set. That's usually when like something past 20 minutes, I'll do callbacks. Mostly because I like the audience like sense of, oh my God, he called that back. Like I love ending on a big callback with mm -hmm. a big joke. So my closers typically have callbacks to something else that I've said in yeah. the set to end the show because then people feel like, oh my God, that's a good button. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just like the storytelling thing, right? It's like any good movie that has a good callback to it, you're always like, oh, that was pretty solid. So yeah, closer like is a good way to, good yeah, one. callbacks are good for closers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Yeah. Good question yeah, though. Work yeah. On, work on the callbacks. Don't don't be like Joel. Don't just make them up on the spot. Just work Yeah, on that the was callbacks. bad. I mean, the one that comes to mind is I have a joke about football and concussions being getting your bell rung. And then yeah. I do an act out of me getting a concussion and I use like the phrase getting your bell rung. So mm -hmm. so yeah. that it's like a chunk it's like a bit about concussions now being used to be called getting your bell rung. And then I do an act out and use the phrase getting your bell rung. So it calls it back that way. But for yeah, sure. it's usually callbacks are usually good for closers, like a nice little button yeah. on the set. Nice little button, little button. Mores. <laughs> um, Phil Ketrin asked, <laughs> I struggle with what is clean as I use a lot of sexual innuendos. Any suggestions? Um, I think <laughs> it's funny because we're both pretty clean comedians. I probably do more cursing than you do on shows. But for the most part, we're both pretty clean. Probably. Um, and I have jokes where I do sexual innuendos. And uh, I actually just did a joke with – I said did a joke. I just did a show with uh, – Andrew Stanley, who's absolutely hilarious. One of the best comedians, I think, in the city. Super hilarious. And he's got some jokes that are sexual innuendo, and he's a clean comedian. And so if you ever want to like watch someone does really good sexual innuendo stuff, uh, he's got some good jokes there. I would say the key is to maybe just, if it feels like people can visually graphic, if you just say, yeah, yeah me and my wife have sex every once in a while, 
that's a clean joke. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're like, start talking about penetration and butt stuff, you're like, oh, dude, like just, I just said those two things. And already Joel just felt awkward about it. I, just I bowed my head in prayer. I'm going to yeah, pray for you. Yoshi. Those were clean words that I just said, but yet it made him feel a certain type of way. That to an audience is not what you want for a clean set. If that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. I hope that was a good example of just like, even if you're like, I remember <laughs> I put a, a comedian on the show and they said, hey, can I say the word anal? And then I was like, oh, let's skip it. And then they <laughs> changed the whole joke to butt stuff. And I was just like, that didn't help the joke be any cleaner just because you said butt stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it was still a dirty joke because you didn't change any part of it. You just changed the word. But the joke was so dirty that it didn't matter whether you just changed the word to where you didn't say the word anal or not. So uh, I think it's about, you know, you just got to think like I always say. If you think clean, the best way to think about clean is something you'd say around your grandparents. That's clean. Mm. Right. Yeah. Unless you have just super filthy grandparents, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. just think of like a group of grandparents getting together. That is the audience you should think about for your material when it comes to clean. Yeah. And clean is, it's so subjective. Like what's clean to one person may be considered dirty to another. There's like PG 13 clean or like, so if you're ever on a show and you're not sure if something's clean or not, like ask the person, yeah, booking it. Like that comic did with Yoshi, you know, just, just ask the comic that booked you, is this clean or not? But a lot of the time, if, if you have to ask, then it's, it's probably, pro yeah, it's, if you, <laughs> if you have to ask, it's probably dirty, but there's ways to do, like you said, like, I think Bill Ingvall is another example of a comedian who does a lot of innuendo and stuff, but he's considered like he does blue collar comedy tour and all that. So it's mm -hmm. like, he's considered a clean comic. So there are ways to do dirty topics and just being more clever and you can actually make them clean. And there's such, yeah. there's such a value in doing be, at least being able to do clean comedy. I literally, I talked to like a younger comic when I was in Austin who, who was a fan of the podcast and came up to me and it felt really cool, but he was asking about clean comedy. And he said he was offered a church gig where he had to do 10 minutes clean for $500. And he turned it down because he couldn't do clean. <laughs> That's and he such like, a smart move to and such good awareness to not take that gig. Yeah, just to not take I the money and ruin everyone's night. Yeah, most comedians would just take their set, take out the curse words, and be like, "We're gonna take this five hundred. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's such good awareness to like be like, you know, something. I'm just not gonna be able to do that. But yeah, but there's just value hilarious. in being able to be clean, and you can usually turn something dirty clean just by using different words. Like whatever the dirty words are, brainstorm different ways you can say the same thing, but without it being so just graphic or on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. there's usually ways you can do it. Like, yeah, but it, it just takes a little more um, 
creativity and a little extra legwork, but it's worth it. For sure. And then you just got to think even like if you're doing church shows, right? Stay away from sex, stay away from politics, stay away from race if possible, right? Those are the three things that I would say are like at church shows just don't work very well for a clean set. Now, if you want to talk about traffic, <laughs> you want to talk about parents, that's a that's like stuff that church material is like that kills in church material. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think you just know just topic. If your joke, if your joke is written out, uh like is titled sex stuff or has anything to do with sex, that's not the no matter what you're gonna do, not no matter, but like just know maybe you should revamp that joke to make it a clean, clean material. Yeah. And speaking of which, if anyone listening to this is a member of a church, um, holla at you boys. We're very capable and able to perform at churches. I've performed at several churches and corporate events and colleges and family reunions and all sorts of stuff. So for we are sure. available for booking and our wives appreciate it. <laughs> We should just turn that. That should be the name of the podcast. We are available for booking and Book our us. wives appreciate it. Podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All very true. <laughs> All right. Next uh, next question here. Oh, this is an interesting one from Tommy LaJoy, who also had our first comment of the day. He just said, yo. But uh, we appreciate that engagement there, Tommy, on our YouTube channel. He said, do you now use chat GPT to find links and ideas? And do you consider it cheating to use a chat bot to help you write? Um, I have uh, recently started using chat GPT to come up with like fun jokes. Um, so I did a show out in a city that I normally host in. And I actually used it as part of my set. And I asked the chat thing to come up with like 10 jokes about the city. And then I oh. read off the jokes in my set. And it was just funny because uh, the whole point of it was that chat GPT like doesn't really know anything about your city. It just assumes a whole bunch of stuff. So just mm -hmm. know that like that's the other thing about chat GPT that people should realize just because it spits out an answer doesn't actually mean it's the right answer. <laughs> like Very it's true. not always correct. Right. So even if you're like, cause I, I, uh, I, I was writing something about like, Hey, give me comics who are from Atlanta. And it started naming all these comics, just normal comics. And not like two of them were from Atlanta, but like eight of them were not. I was like, Oh, it's just going through a database and just, but I think it, only spit out comics who were super popular and have had Atlanta shows. So you just got to understand, like, there's a difference in how you ask the chat, like for certain things, and it may not know the difference. So yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Just know that like, it's about material. If it's helping you enhance your material, for sure. Uh, I don't see any issues with it. It's just like, you know, people are worried that chat GPT is going to take over people that write content. It's not. You know, people have been writing content since the dawn of time, and people have gotten help with content since the dawn of time. So I don't yeah. see it being like an issue if you use it for material. 
Yeah, I, I don't see it as cheating. I think it's another tool, just like the one we talked about last week that you shared in uh, the Facebook group, actually, that Hot Brother and Imre uh, yeah. created. That's like it's like a mind map one. There's like a there's a few different tools that he he's like he's a programmer. He's he knows code. He like coded these writing tools that um you yeah. guys can see in our Facebook group. Uh, yeah, so I don't if. If you use it and it works for you, more power to you. It's just another tool at your disposal. I feel like just like using a thesaurus, you -hmm. know, or any other word hippo is another like website, you know. So I've played around with it a little bit. I haven't gotten anything like specific from it, but there's a learning curve with interacting with any AI and like writing the correct prompts and knowing what to ask it and how to ask it to really get what you want. So it's a whole learning curve there, but yeah, more power to you. If you, if you figure it out and it helps you write material faster and it works on stage, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've seen it. I've also asked it to write like monologue jokes about like certain news and it's actually a good starting point. It's shitty with punchlines, but it's a good starting point with like the setup for sure. Because <laughs> it just doesn't understand like the human element of the surprise, right? So I think there's just, yeah, find out what's good in it, use that. And if it's not great, don't use it. No. Nice. And at the end of the day, it's all about testing your material on stage. It might sound great coming from ChatGPT, but ChatGPT cannot guarantee that people are going to laugh at you. All right, so we are in, um, we're, we got our countdown timer now. We're in the hot zone. What what should we call this part of the show? The hot, hot zone, the rapid fire, the hot round? Uh, the breath round, yeah. The, the breath, breath round. round? Yeah, you got to do it within one breath. <laughs> All right, the breath round. We're taking a deep breath here. Um, well, that's a working title. We'll, uh, we'll ask chat GPT. What's a better <laughs> title for this segment? Um, Oz Morris asked, how is the writing process different between writing jokes that are open mic, funny show, funny and comedy special funny. I write daily mm-hmm. jokes, but how can you tell this is comedy special funny or is this open mic or Twitter funny? You basically gotta do it. I mean, yeah. it's you got to do it on stage first to know if it's funny or not. Basically, For sure. yeah. Uh, and Twitter funny just would be funny to where people read it and they get it, versus if you perform it and they get it right. Like if you've got wordplay stuff, uh, wordplay works very well on Twitter because people can actually see the word and see what you did with it. Um, so I think there's a difference there. But I think, yeah, it's all about like, you know, specials are just super tight jokes that you've worked on that most comedians or who are doing like specials every year, they have worked that out like almost close to 100 times before they've ever said it in a special. They've seen that joke work and they've tightened it up. Mm-hmm. Open mic is an intro to a joke, right? Like you're just getting your legs underneath you. And then showcase is just like, a much more solid open mic joke. You know what I mean? So I think that's really the key is the stage will tell you when it's ready for the big stage. You know what I mean? When it's like, oh, okay. Now 
we take it up a notch. Yeah, I think I think it starts with you trying it on stage and that'll help steer whether or not, oh, this is maybe a better tweet or maybe this idea is a sketch instead of a stand-up bit. But yeah, mm. I think it all starts with trying it out in an open mic and then what what is kept with a comedy special. I mean, gosh, my special was 10 years of material condensed into one special, you know? So that's really, that's most people's first special. I think I heard Burt Kreischer say that your first special takes you 10 years. The next one takes you five. And then from there, you can you kind of start to roll them out quicker. Now, of course, there's, I'm sure people listening that are prodigies that are like, but that's not me. And, you know, you do you, boo. Like, literally, it is the Dude. Wild West out there. If you can build a following online, go for it, 100%. Um, but, um but yeah, that's usually the rule of thumb. So, it, yeah, I would say Oz starts with open mics. And that'll help you to determine where, what, or if you want to do anything with that joke moving forward. For sure. Ooh, and DJ Sketch said Spitfire Round. Ooh, I like that. I do like that. I like that. Spitfire. Yep. Spitfire Round. We'll have to use that <laughs> sound effect there. Oh, like yours, yours, the fire, fire, fire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, young comedian. Oh, oh, wait, here it is. Fire, 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 fire. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Do I need remember, a countdown timer for that. Do you need, do you remember Street Fighter? Did you ever play Street Fighter? Mm hmm. Oh, okay. There's this. There's a character in Street Fighter that says that fire, 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 fire. Uh, I just Dalsim. remember Ayukin. Yeah, yeah. Dawson, Dao Holland. He's a really skinny guy with long arms and long legs. Oh, he yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Fire, fire, fire. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. That's a rabbit minute. trail. Let's get back. Yeah. <laughs> Yoga fire, yoga flame. Um, yeah. Yoga. Yeah. Um, oh, and this ties in. Oz followed up with he saw a documentary basically that said you need to stop writing to please others and write for yourself. How do you do that? And I think it is listening, listening to your own instinct and your own intuition and your own sense of humor about what you genuinely find funny. Just because you see a comic in your scene killing with, you know, um, an abortion joke or whatnot, or you see Bill Burr saying something like aggressive about women that you feel like, Oh, I need a joke like that to become Bill Burr. But it's like, no, like you figure out what's funny to you and write in that direction. Don't try to adapt or steal ideas from other people just cause it's working for them. No, like listen to yourself. And that um, that sound effect actually did this. Young comedian Padawan. <laughs> Young comedian Padawan. That's a sound effect from the online class we have, where I'm just telling people throughout the class to, at any moment, you know, listen to your intuition, listen to your sixth sense, which is your sense of humor, and really follow that instinct and that feeling and intuition that you have, and let that be your guide, and not what some other comic is doing. So. That's basically it, yeah. But oh, he he kind of Oz got a double dip in there. But I thought it was a, a relevant and good question. Um, 
All right, I think we have like two more here. Um, oh, this will be a quick one. Antonio Martinez comedy is uh, starting a showcase. Very nice. And wait, starting a showcase or show any tips? Oh, he's not starting one. He want oh well, he wants to start one, but he needs advice on finding a venue and uh, a PA system. Man, this has been a hot topic. I think we posted. I think I posted the video of us talking about this. But to sum up, finding a venue, find a venue that's gonna actually be excited to help you promote the show and actually work together to make this a victory. And a good yep. rule of thumb with that is a venue that's already doing other live events like karaoke or trivia or music so that a live entertainment is already a natural extension of what they already do. Yep. Yeah. And a PA system, you can find them on Amazon. Uh, really, it's about just starting with something small that is fits the stage. Most PA systems are loud enough to where any venue you've got it's going to be sizable for it. So don't yep. go big on your first one. And I guarantee you, uh, Antonio, if you post in our Facebook group asking good PA systems for a live show, yeah, I guarantee you will get a whole list of them. Guarantee. Guarantee. Dude, I, I saw a post yesterday, uh, a comedian or a member of the Facebook group posted like something that happened with his coworkers his coworker, so he was like asking for good like zinger lines he can hit like he can uh say about his coworker, and there was like almost like a hundred comments on there so it's just very cool to see uh comics helping comics in the community coming together in any way so yeah post in uh, the facebook group i guarantee you'll get some pa system recommendations there antonio and as we start to land the plane Oh, Yoshi could be good at this one. Keto Carol asked about, um, she's in the World Series of Comedy Phoenix and going first in her round. Tips for going first. So uh, I would say probably the biggest thing for going first is to come with energy. If you are the first comedian, as, a, as we call it, the bullet spot in the comedy world. If you're the bullet spot, just come with energy mostly because you want to reset whatever your host did to make sure that you are remembered as the first comedian. I think it's also, it's always great to be the first comedian that comes out because you are going to set the bar for every other comedian. So my biggest tip would be energy when you get out on stage. Uh, you know, if it's a showcase show, um, don't do this. Do not ask how the audience is doing. That's tip number two. Do not ask how the audience is doing. Simply like this is, you know, there's different ways of saying this. So like, hi, my name is Yoshi. Excited to be here. Go into your first line. Like something simple as that. Don't spend too much time engaging with the audience right out of the gate. Just go into your jokes. It's the showcase. The, the host has already and should have already done that job for you. You don't need to interact with the audience or do anything like that. This is a showcase. You have five minutes or seven minutes, whatever you're in, 
to just hit them with your joke. So focus on that. But energy as the bullet spot is a good way to make sure that you are remembered. And have fun. Just have fun with it. I think with contests, you can overthink it. You can overemphasize the just even what's at stake. Like, oh, I have to yeah. do X, Y, and Z. Just yeah. have fun and the audience will have fun. Absolutely. Just know that you having a good time on stage, the audience will also have a good time on stage. So do not re forget to make sure that you are having a good time on stage as much as possible. Bavoom. And the final question is, oh my heavens, is Kim Cottrell or Cottrell? I don't want to mispronounce her name, but she's a newer member of the Facebook group. So it's always exciting to see new members posting questions. She said, I have an opener, closer, and always try for smooth transitions for a five-minute set. Is it good to have a strategy like this for open mics? Um, simple answer, no. I don't think you need transition for your open mic stuff. I think you can go from one idea to the next idea. As long as you make sure that at whenever you're done with like your punchline and your tags, there's sort of a natural silence before you go on to the next thing. I don't think you have to have a transition into your next material for an open mic. You certainly don't have to. It's a stylistic choice. Like I always from the jump have even like the early open mic days, I was always like mindful of like, all right, how can I transition from one thing to the other and make it seem like like a seamless conversation and I would organize my jokes accordingly. But yeah, there's yeah. It's kind of like a callback. It's like like we said it with a callback earlier. You know, they're great as long as they're not forced. Same thing with the transition, you know, is like yeah. as long as it's organic and you make it natural and it not something you're trying to just shoehorn in there for the sake of you think you have to do that. It's all personal stylistic preference there. Yeah. And I think that's how I took the question. Like I took the question as, is this something you have to do? Do you have to do a transition for an open mic? And the answer is you don't have to. If mm -hmm. you do, there's nothing wrong with it, but you don't right. have to do it. And I would say just in a lot of the open mics that I've seen, and I've seen probably a thousand open mics, <laughs> it's not needed for you to still get the same kind of like laughs and or premises that you're trying to for, for your joke. People understand that as soon as there's a little bit of silence, that there's a new thought that you're about to have. You don't have to transition people from one to the other, unless like you mentioned, like you mentioned, Joel, there's a natural transition. Like if you talk about sugar and then you go into breakfast cereal because you obsess with sugar from Saturday mornings, that's a natural transition to sort of walk into that topic. But if you mm -hmm. talk about sugar and then you want to talk about like, you know, let's say Bluetooth cameras or something like that, you don't need to try to find a transition between those two. Yeah. The audience, the audience will follow you. Like if you go from one topic to the next, no one's going to be like, oh, where's the segue? Where's the transition? <laughs> they're like, they're yeah. just listening to you. They'll, they'll they're go wherever you take them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeehaw. We did it. We did it. For people that are listening to the podcast or watching this later, 
we do this live stream every Tuesday. We would love to meet you. We would love to talk to you. So please set a reminder for every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're on here answering your questions live. And we want to meet you and do shows together. If you have shows, DM us on social media at Hot Breath Pod. And yeah. we're back next Tuesday. Anything else, Yoshi? No, player. It was uh, fun. I had a good weekend shows. Got more stuff coming up. Super excited. Uh, summer months are going to be good, man. So, uh, yeah, just super excited about what we got going on. You cooking? You cooking up something over there? Oh, um, um, yeah, man, I'm cooking. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm trying. I'm trying to like. Uh, I have a my mind set on doing like a special figure date yet, but just got a nice little thought process and trying to figure out all the pieces of making it work. Um, oh, work? It getting recorded. Yeah, Hot Brethren, special? Uh, Adam you... Muller, sort of uh, was like my inspiration, like, of just like putting that work in, man, of just like practicing and getting it nice and tight. Because I feel like I have material that, that I used to be always conscious of is like, the timing that your special had to be like an hour because that's what everyone does but it's like it doesn't have to be an hour i'm thinking about putting like a 44 minute special up <laughs> you know what i mean just, mm -hmm. just 44 minutes of my material. yeah so just thinking about like just how to make that happen in the next couple of months so i'm super excited about that well we're here for you buddy so anything we can do to help with that that is very exciting yeah very excited about that my guy. All right. Well, stay tuned, Hot Breathiverse. More to come on Yoshi's comedy special. So book him. Book him so he can get those reps so he doesn't bomb and embarrass the whole Hot Breathiverse. I'm just kidding. He's going to kill it. Very nice. All right. We're going to get out of here. Get out. Bye. Bye, y'all. We love you. Happy grinding out there. See y'all next Tuesday. Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.